Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a another Porsche Cooled podcast. I think we're up to uh, episode nine. This is episode nine of the series, um, a new podcast from me, and I hope you have been enjoying it. Um, today, I thought I'd talk about the uh, the different variants in a Porsche 911. Um, I was just reading an article actually saying uh, about a base Carrera is is all you really need, and that that harks back onto um, Nick Murray on YouTube and other people on YouTube and myself as well saying there's nothing wrong with the base. The base is the base is possibly all you need. Of course, we all want a GT3, we all want a turbo, or we want a GT2 RS, or you know we want the fastest. But how much more engaging is the driving experience? Is it a lot more engaging? Sure, you're going to get the better sound. Sure, you're going to get a better feel on the road, as in the, the grip on the road. It's going to be stickier. But is the Carrera, that's say, half the price of a Turbo or a Turbo S, any less of the driving experience? Uh, I don't think it is. It's definitely not half the driving experience. Um, I've driven a 997 GT3, uh, and let's just call that at the top of the range, my friend's GT3, and I've only driven it once, and it's an amazing car. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing car. And of course, he's done some mods to it, exhaust mod, uh, numeric um, short shifter kit, which is just insane, uh, absolutely insane. If you've ever driven a, a car with a numeric shifter, a Porsche, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, and I've said this before, I had troubles actually working out what gear I was in because it's so short, you look down and you're used to seeing, you know, first push forward and second push down and, and you're in first and second and third and it's just... There's just such, there's just no throw. It's just so short and so mechanical and so clicky. So, of course, that makes the driving experience a different experience, you know, the sound of it, the sound of the 99, uh, 997 GT3. Obviously, it sounds a lot louder than my uh, Carrera. Uh, my model Carrera is a 2006. Uh, my friend's GT3, I think, is a 2008. But when you think about the price differential when they came out, it's there's a big difference there. Uh, what was mine? I think mine might have been under two hundred thousand Australian dollars, and I think the GT3 was over three hundred thousand Australian dollars. You know, so it's not double, uh, but it is quite a lot more money um, to spend. And is it worth it? Of course, if we all had endless supplies of cash, I would say, yeah, let's go and all buy a GT3 or a GT3 RS. You know, a nine nine seven GT3 RS, of course. But if you buy a base Carrera, I don't think you're losing out that much. Um, on the road that we drove on in Australia, which was called the uh, Putty Road, where I drove my mate's car, it's 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 not a smooth road. Uh, it has twists and turns. It has parts of the road where it's you know going up a hill, going down a hill, a little bit of twisty here and there. It's a it's a quite engaging road. Those of you from Australia will know the Putty Road, and it's a great road for you know Porsche enthusiasts, sports car enthusiasts. Uh, it gets a lot of traffic uh, during the summer months and the winter months. So I drove my car on that road and then I stepped in and drove my mate's car. Um, so two ends of the spectrum, let's call it. But those two ends of the spectrum, yes, they are very different. But the essence, you know, I keep coming back to this essence of a 911. The essence of the 911 is not lost in the base Carrera. It's, it's strong. It's tweaked. You know what I mean? When you get to a GT3 or a GT2 or a GT2 RS, it's tweaked. It's just that little bit better. And that's what Porsche do so well. And they they do that every time they bring out a new 911. 
Uh, anyone that's not following 9-11 will look at them and go, yes, they look all the same. We've all heard it before. What's the difference? It looks the same. They haven't changed it. The engine's still in the back and there's no difference. But this is why Porsche, this is what Porsche does so well. They do it so damn well. It's crazy. That engineering, that slight tweaking, that slight, you know, increase in power, that little bit of width in the body, you know, over generations. And then, you know, from now looking at a, a 65 911 to a 2000. Uh, 2020 911 you know the, the 65 911 looks looks so small it's such a small car you know what I mean but if you didn't see them side by side you wouldn't naturally think about it if you didn't get into the car you wouldn't think about it um, and it's those little tweaks and it's the same as driving a, a base Carrera and let's not call it a base Carrera let's just call it a Carrera from driving a Carrera into driving a GT3 once you sit in it it feels similar, you know. My friend's car has a lightweight buckets, but you sit in it, it feels similar. The dash is similar, the console is similar. It's got the same, you know, well, he's upgraded his navigation, but it's got the same navigation system, etc. But when you sit in those lightweight buckets, all of a sudden, it's different. It's very, very different, you know what I mean? And I like the seats in my Carrera, you know, they're just a standard, what are they, 12-way or whatever seats they are, 9-way. But when you sit in the buckets, all of a sudden you feel different. You feel like I'm going to drive this car differently. I feel like I have more control over this car. And then you start it up. And then when you start it up, you know, your, your, your hands on the Alcantara steering wheel. It's not on a leather steering wheel, which is a different experience in itself. And sure, you can put an Alcantara steering wheel on a Carrera. But it's all these little things together. It's all these little things together. And then when you look, the thing which, is, which gives you that, that feeling, you know, that, that Porsche feeling, when you look out the rear mirror, when you're looking out and you see the wing, and all of a sudden you know you're in something that is different. It, it is actually different. Well, is it, I don't know if different is the right word. It's, it's, a, it's similar, but it's just that little bit better. And you look out the window and you see that, that wing and you hear the sound of the Mesker engine and you hear the sound through the exhaust, whether it be the stock Porsche exhaust or whether it be a, an aftermarket uh, Acura exhaust or whatever exhaust you have on it, Sharkworks or whatever exhaust. And then you start driving it and you realize this car is planted. It is sticky, you know, and... As my mate said, you didn't let it, you didn't drive it properly. And of course I wouldn't because it's his car and I worry about, you know, but you know, you can just rev it. You just, you just push it to the line and you just keep going. Um, it's so weird because they look similar and you can see that's based, the, the GT3 is based on the Carrera, but then, you know, the experience is completely different. Now, coming back to my original, original thought, is it a lot different? Now, I don't want to contradict myself, but it is and it isn't. You know what I mean? It is and it isn't. And I think that's the hard thing to make, to take a grasp of. You feel, every time I get into my Carrera, I just feel fantastic. Every time when I've traveled and I come back uh, to Australia and I go downstairs and I take it off the cover and take it off the trickle charger and I take the air back out of the tires after it's being stored, 
and you know I start it up and I take it out for that first drive. You know I don't normally wash it now the first time I take the cover off and I take it out for a drive, a reasonably long drive. And as soon as you get into it, it's just like it's just it's just a feeling that that maybe you get it from Ferrari, maybe you get it from Aston Martin, maybe you get it from some of those other brands as well, Lamborghini. But it's a feeling that it's just invaluable. It's invaluable. And, you know, every time I see my mate's GT3, I look at it and go, wow, I've got to have a GT3. And everyone knows me. People that know me, I should say, know that I like the GT3. Uh, I've wanted one for a long time. I always wanted the 997. But, you know, I'm, I'm sort of swaying now, do I want a 996? And then I've started looking at GT2s. And the GT2 997, and I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, previous podcast, the 997 GT2 has really got my attention. And they're sitting in Australia, Australian prices, they're sitting around the same price as a 991.1 GT3 RS. I saw a, a couple of 991 GT3 RSs for sale in Australia without on-road costs for around 320000 Australian dollars. The GT2 that I like in a grey, I forget the grey, not seal grey, the other grey, uh, for sale at, I think it's in Dutton's in Melbourne in Australia, is 319000 you know, and when you get to that, when you get to that level, what do you choose? Do you choose a newer generation, or do you choose an older generation? And of course, you know, you you buy into the top end of Porsche. No doubt, you're getting more for your money. You are getting more for your money. But if you can't get into the top end, this is why I keep saying you can't get into the top end. You just do never overlook a base Carrera. And I was just reading an article actually. I was reading an article on on CNET. <coughs> You know, and basically the title is, you know, a 2020 Porsche 911 Carrera Review, a solid case for going base. And this gentleman who wrote this article um, had driven the 2021 Porsche 911 Turbo S. And then directly after he drove a racing yellow uh, 911 uh, coupe, not S, not turbo, nothing, just the basic version, and took it for a drive. And this article, I'm not going to get into the whole article. It's on CNET. I might put the link in the bottom of this podcast. And, you know, he talks about the same thing. You know, he talks about the same thing. He also talks about, you know, everyone bemoaned the fact that the, that, you know, that the naturally aspirated flat six was taken over by the turbo engine. But to him, it hasn't lost any of the charm. You know what I mean? It hasn't lost the charm of that, that engine. Um, you know, of course, now when you buy a 2020 uh, base Carrera, though, there are certain options which Porsche uh, won't let you select. You have to get the, the Carrera S. And I don't know if, whether they've done that before. Um, I don't think the seven-speed manual transmission has been released yet. It may have just been released. I'm not sure. Um, but obviously, it's in PDK at the moment. If you go by my friend James at Auto Amateur, PDK is the way to go. Uh, he loves his PDK. Coming from a manual 997, he went to a 991.1 Carrera base. Uh, with PDK. Um, but anyway, it's an uh, 8-speed PDK is a 2020 911. But when it comes in manual, would you pick manual? But there are some, like I said, there are some, uh, some options which they won't let you choose. And I think that's uh, PASM. They won't let you choose the PASM uh, PASM sports suspension. They won't let you pick in the base Carrera things like dynamic chassis control. They won't let you pick the rear axle steering, which is a really, I think, is a really good option. I've, I've watched, I think, Chris Harris or 
Harry Catchpole do uh, reviews of the 911 and just rave about that rear wheel steer. Torque vectoring is on the all-wheel drive cars, so that's not really that's not really comparable. But you know, there's a lot of you know, and obviously the Carrera suspension is probably different to the Carrera S. It's probably a lot softer. It's obviously a lot softer than getting a GT car. Uh, obviously a GT car, and that's coming back to about a GT car too. I guess it's your your purpose, what you need the car for. If you want a car where you can drive on the road and the track, I think the latest GT3, like if you got a GT3 Touring, you'd be okay. Uh, the lightweight buckets on a daily basis, you may be a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, if you had the numeric short shifter, if you had a really loud exhaust, obviously all these things, if you're commuting in the car, then it would be a problem. If you're not commuting, obviously it, it doesn't make any difference. Um, but it's still this, this current, this thing that always runs through every generation of 911 that everyone talks about. Um, I know Nick Murray on YouTube, and I mention Nick Murray a lot because I, I really do enjoy his channel. And if you haven't checked it out, you should. And as well as James at Auto Amateur. Nick Murray always harps on about never buy the first year of a new generation 911 and never um, and also never forget the base because the base is pretty fantastic as it is. I've had a base Carrera now and I love the base Carrera. I love the Carrera, I should say. Uh, my car isn't heavily optioned. Uh, my 2007 997, it's not a heavily optioned car. It doesn't have full leather. It doesn't have carbon. You know, it doesn't have those things. But it's a great 911, and it's my first 911, and no one can take that away. And if you haven't ever owned a 911, you should never look higher than your budget, but you should never overlook a Carrera for a Carrera S. And I know everyone wants a 997 Carrera S if you're looking at the 997 generation, but you should never overlook the 997 Carrera. Manual Carrera, 997, 2006 upwards model, I would suggest. A lot of people prefer to get the 0.2 in the 997, so you get the 0.2, you don't have the IMS issues, you have Bluetooth, you have a, you know, you have a black navigation system instead of the gray one. But you know, not a lot of difference really. You get LED lights, running lights, different LED relights. lights. But you know, for anyone that's listening to this podcast, who's listening to these Porsche Cool podcasts for inspiration to get their 911 or <clears throat> research into getting their 911, don't overlook the Carrera. Uh, 997 Carrera. I would even go so far as saying a 996 Carrera. I don't think you're ever going to lose money on a 911. Even the 996, which hasn't been hugely popular, now that's changing. But really, are you going to lose money? I don't think so. Um, 911 with its faults, uh, no matter what they are, after time, people forget the faults. People learn to live with the faults. Uh, people learn to uh, get things done to the car to fix the faults. Uh, the IMS in the 997, 996 is a good example. Um, companies come up with solutions to help owners. I've been looking at 996s for sale, 996 Carreras I'm starting to look at now because I had this idea of getting a Carrera 996. At first I was looking at 4Ss and I'm still not overlooking the GT3 but I'm saying at a cheaper price point. I've been looking at the 996s, 996 Carrera, not a Carrera 4, just the Carrera 2. And then thinking, even if it's beat up, even if it needs to be resprayed, get it resprayed. Uh, get it resprayed in a color, a classic Porsche color. Maybe not necessarily one that came in the 996. Maybe more like a special, you know, paint a sample color based on an old color. 
you know, change the wheels, fix the inside up, make it like a, a, a special, I don't want to say outlaw because I'm no Magnus Walker, but similar to that sort of style, like make it your own and, and not be really worried about what you're doing because you pick it up quite cheap, you spend a bit of money on it, but it's the project along the way, it's the fun along the way, it's the experience along the way. Uh, and that's what I love about Porsche. You know, the deeper you dive into the Porsche community, the deeper you dive into Porsche life, um, the more things you you can you think about that you could do, more things you think about that, hey, why don't I do that? Why don't I get a GT3 996? They're a bit cheaper than a 997. And I can fix it up a little bit. Or why don't I just get a base Carrera 996? Like I said, I don't think you're ever going to lose money. But then again, why don't I get a 928? I heard Magnus Walker talking today in an old uh, <coughs> smoking tire podcast about his 78928, how he bought it. And it was 8,000 US dollars. And he, he bought it at the same time that he bought, uh, not long after he bought his uh, Lotus, he bought a Lotus, which he said he bought sight unseen and it broke down. I don't know whether you heard this episode. And then he needed a car. So he, this guy said, I've still got the 928 for sale. So he bought this white 928. And he drove it all weekend without a problem in the world. Sight unseen, 78, 928. I mean, that's the story I like to hear. Porsche, Porsche is a reliable car, you know. And I think before I bought a 911, I really did look too much into the uh, what's going to go wrong, how much is it going to cost me, how much is the service, am I going to go broke by owning this car? You know, and looking back after three and a half years of ownership, you don't have to be that scared. You know what I mean? You really don't have to be that scared. I like, you know, I'm going to refer back to Magnus Walker again. I really like his attitude. I like how he says, how bad can it be? You know what I mean? He buys a car. A lot of these cars he buys sight unseen. And it's like, how bad can it be? And I guess you're buying an old car. You know there's going to be issues. You know you're going to have to fix certain things. You know you want to change some things to make it your own, to just make it that little bit better. And I think... I think that's the way you have to look at it. And it's the same as he said when you buy a used uh, Porsche. He doesn't want a car with low kilometers, with no chips. He wants a car that's been driven. You know what I mean? The car that he knows that it's been driven and it's been driven well. And to him, that makes a better car. And I think that's something to think about. Um, I probably got off the topic here a little bit, but I just love talking about Porsches. And I really do hope you're enjoying these podcasts but I guess this is kind of like half buying advice, half thinking out loud, uh, and half saying that, you know, the base Carrera, the standard Carrera, if that's all you can afford, whether it be a new 2020 992 or whether it be an, an old uh, 996, um, don't overlook a base Carrera. Don't overlook the entry-level model. Buy it. Uh, buy your first 911. Drive it a lot. Get to know what it's all about. Get involved in the community. Talk to other Porsche owners, go to Porsche Cars and Coffee and, you know, start your Porsche journey as, as we call it and um, you won't regret it and, and, and it's, a great, it's, a great, it's a great hobby to have and, and it's a great feeling when you're, when you're connecting with your 911 and driving it. I remember the first time, I, just before I go actually, I remember the first time I drove the, the nine, my 997 on a very twisty road in Australia going down to uh, south towards Wollongong in Australia and... I could feel the weight transfer. You know, I could feel that weight. I could feel that braking just before the corner, letting the car take the corner, letting the weight transfer from the rear to the front. Um, it really was a different driving experience, and it was something that that 
my memory of the 997 is not really picking up. My memory of the 997 when I bought buying my first 911 is that first drive on a twisty mountain road and just feeling how the car just, it just knows what to do. So that's the end of the podcast for today. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Michael Bath and this is the Porsche Cool Podcast. So this was episode nine. Um, I'll try and post another podcast in the next week or so. Uh, we'll be working my way up to doing probably two to three podcasts a week. Anyway, thanks for downloading this episode and thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, bye for now.